everybody welcome to the thematic podcast i am craig i'm daniel and we are excited to be back with you i'm so excited if you're watching this you're noticing a few changes in our uh stage and on my face <laughs> yeah craig's got a beard i gave into peer pressure what we're doing here we're this is the end of 2022 we're filming a few episodes to finish off season four. in the business it's called the pickup episode is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. You're in the biz. In the biz. So there's a few episodes that kind of go back and forth from our previ previous filming here to round out season four. Mm -hmm. And we'll be finishing this on January 1st. Yeah. And then season five will come sometime in early 2023. Yeah. So, yeah. Going to film that in January. So it is, the this is first airing, I don't know when you're hearing this, but this is first airing the Sunday right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, Turkey Day. Yeah, and uh, I'm believing that it's going to be good because <laughs> filming it, we're filming this before. Yeah. But we're, we're full-blown in the season of celebrating events, family functions. Mm -hmm. And so this is the question we have today, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And it says this, how do you deal with family or family events, family functions, family get-togethers when you have very different opinions. Mm. Now, we didn't notate where this question came from, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, it's pretty common though. Yeah, especially. it's because I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, there's a lot of people that are dealing with this, especially over the last few years. Yeah. The culture has become so divisive. Cancel culture, mm. like, Everybody has an opinion about politics, religion, faith. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people are dealing with this. And yeah, yeah, they are. I'm, I'm like, dealing with it in a lot of ways. You are? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know if anyone is immune. In America, I think the biggest dividing line is right and left like, mm -hmm. or, um, woke and awake maybe is the way some people say it. Mm. Um, awake meaning like conspiracy theorists, like I'm awake to what the government's trying to do and woke being like, no, I'm a, I'm a kind, good hearted person. I'm, you know, that kind, kind of thing. Funny that those are really similar terms. I know. Mean the exact I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, people are getting back together and, um, th uh, and then of course, um, former president Trump, announced recently that he's running again for office in 2024. And I think a lot of folks are nervous to remingle with their family that may have wildly different political ideologies. Right. Um, and I don't think it's a secret and everyone's feeling it that, that um, culture is driving us further apart. Right. And, and there are people like me, I would describe myself as like a radical middle person. Like mm -hmm. I can see some valid ideas on both sides and I've been just throwing it out there. I believe that the further you get to the extreme, the less rational you are. That is my honest belief. Mm -hmm. So if you're far right or far left, you will not like me. Um, and that, that's my true belief because I think, because hmm. I think that the people who exist on the extremes are ignoring either empathy on one side or rationality on the other. Like they're just not thinking straight. Hmm. And um, I think Jesus made both sides angry at different times. That's true. Yeah. But it, it seems like, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely always been, at least in my lifetime, this attitude of in certain um, atmospheres, mm -hmm. oh, don't talk about politics or religion. But like these days, and I don't know, what, what do you think it is? I, certain subjects now, it seems like people are like, oh, that's 
political, don't talk about it. But I think in the faith, there are certain subjects that it's like, that's mm-hmm. really not just political. Oh, it's, for sure. Yeah. 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 There's so many different subjects we could, we could talk about. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe we shouldn't dive into the specifics, but the, yeah. general, the general theme of, but I've been, fe- I've been feeling it. Went yeah. to a family function this summer. Uh, my grandpa died and, mm. Um, over the last few years, I've, my I've gra- noticed my it. grandma died, and we went to a funeral, and we had something something come up there. You, you know, do? yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. So we 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 face something similar. I'm, I can share mine. I don't know if you can share yours, but well, I don't really have an answer to this question. So why don't you? Okay, so so <laughs> I, I, I'm asking the just so the audience knows, I'm really asking this question too, and we're asking this together. If you're in this boat. Like, what do you, how do you deal with this culture? Whether it's a family function or just your friends or whatever. Well, I'll how be do we deal with situations? Yeah. Because I think part of the, part of it is people have gotten so used to being so bold and even mean online. Yeah. Because there's this sort of courage to be in behind curtain. a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so for then sure. when people get in person together, it's almost like we're asking again, how do we deal yeah. with this? So I'll, I'll tell a short, tell, tell I'll tell a short did. story. So my grandmother passed away uh, and we went to the funeral and one of her requests was that I sort of preach and sing, uh, which by the way is really a like hard, uh, <laughs> you're crying and trying to sing and I'm right. preaching and, you know, and it was graveside. The whole thing was graveside. So it's outdoor too. So anyway, I'll bear you those details. But um, one of the interesting things that came up is like, oh, your niece or nephew now changed genders. And so I have known this person as a a female their whole life. And of course I'm bereaving and grieving a little bit and I have a million things in my head. I'm trying to run the service. I have to sing and remember lyrics. I've got four children. I'm managing a service. I'm remembering who's coming up. So my head's full and I'm now nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to misgender this person and cause something. Uh, A, because they're probably going through something. And B, it was obviously important enough to this family member to be like, hey, just so you know, when you see this person, they are now a different gender. And you may not know that because they still present feminine. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm really going to struggle because I don't want to hurt this person, but I'm... I don't know how well I'm going to do with this. So this is the thing. And it's all over the phone. So I've not, I've not seen this person since they were like three years old or four years old when they were a girl. So that's the thing I was presented with. And of course I have my own viewpoints on this type of thing. And, um, so I'm, I'm just kind of processing it through and where I landed. So, so how it all flushed out was it flushed out really well. And my decision, and I won't share their name, but my decision was, I'm like, you know what? to sort of protect myself and to be as loving as I can to the individual. Cause I'm not, there's no curtain. I'm not online. I'm with this individual in real life. I'm going to use their name, like their real name. So I avoided pronouns to avoid confusion for myself and to try to honor the person. And that was my solve for the day to simplify it. My heart was to try to love this person without betraying any without betraying anybody Mm -hmm. because one of the cool things that i believe is that jesus does call you by name Mm. i kept leaning back on that scripture is that like jesus called you by name craig lazarus come forth because we're all dead in our sin at one point and he calls you by name Mm. and that's something that the lord kept speaking to me 
And so when I encountered... What would you have done mm-hmm. if that person said, I have a different name now? Um, And they told me what their new name was? Yeah. I, I would use their new name. I mean, people like... I. It, yeah, people. I've met people that change their name, and I would, or you know, they have a nickname. That doesn't 100% bother me. I don't guess I know their motives, but again, individually, my goal in that moment was to demonstrate love, not um, disseminate truth. Mm. So I led with love, hoping to earn a spot for truth, mm-hmm. um, and I gave love without, without, um, disrupting it. Like I didn't give up the truth. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, tell a lie or I didn't betray the truths that I believe, but it wasn't like, we don't have, a, I don't have a relationship with them. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I was hoping to earn through respect and love, maybe potentially down the road, a place where I could share right. a truth. That's how I handled it in the moment. I hmm. thought it went pretty well. Um, and I would probably do it again. I thought it was really successful. The family member ended up calling me later, the parent of the individual and was like, they were so impressed and hmm. they were really nervous mm-hmm. about you specifically. Cause you're the pastor Yeah, and you showed them a lot of respect and they were like, why can't everyone be like that? And I was like, Oh good. I'm glad. So mm-hmm. I felt like in that moment I represented Jesus well, because I felt like if Jesus had met them, all they would have got from Jesus was pure love and pure truth. But I imagine they would have felt so loved hmm. being with Jesus and they would have been called by name and their true identity would have been seen. So I did the best that I could. That's how I handled it. I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but yeah, I mean, it's just real. It's, 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 yeah, it's just real, dude. It's interesting because some of the situations that I've had recently have also been at funerals because, mm-hmm. you know, my family, we used to get together all the time during the holidays when we were all kids. Mm-hmm. And at that point, maybe because everybody was kids, um, you know, everybody basically ha- had the same faith. Everybody yeah. was involved with church. Everybody, to my knowledge, would have called themselves a Christian. And, and that is not the case for my family any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, many of my uh, relatives don't claim to be Christians, and mm. and uh, some of them, you know, it seems vehemently disagree with some of the tenets of Christianity or maybe political leanings of people that generally are Christians and things oh, like sure, this. Sure, yeah. And so, but we don't get together that much anymore because families grow and get bigger and people get married and all that. But funerals bring you back together. For and sure. And so I, I had a similar one like a couple years ago. It was me doing my grandma's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same thing. I was a pastor. Mm-hmm. I know her faith. Yeah. She specifically called me and asked me to do yeah, it. same and thing, so right? <laughs> I'm preaching what I believe, what I know she believes to honor her. And, and we're on the same page and preaching Jesus and all this. And and in the back of my mind the whole time, I'm like looking out and thinking like, I, you know, it's just yeah. hard when it's like, I yeah. know you don't believe this. Yeah. I know I you know think you that I'm, I, you, you think I'm an idiot. Yeah. You think, you know, but, um, but that's, you know, that's one thing like in that setting to me, that's a little easier because I'm on the pulpit representing the God I believe in. Yeah. And I know I'm honoring my grandma. So I'm going to preach the truth. Yeah. To me, it's a little harder when you get to the, the living room and the kitchen later mm. on that night. And conversations are happening and mm-hmm. maybe people have had a drink or two and then their mouth is a little looser of what they yeah. think or, you know, believe or don't believe. And and so I, I think that like what I, 
one of the biggest things that I've dealt with, and you touched on this, so I want to hear maybe a little bit more is, I love what you said about earning the right to be heard. That's always been a something that I learned early in ministry, specifically through Young Life, yeah. was this whole idea of earn it's a young the life right. Principle. It yeah. is. Yeah, that's where I got it. Earn the right to be heard, and and I and I think that's such a beautiful principle, where just shotgunning people with truth the first day you meet them is like it's not going to probably be fruitful anyway Mm -hmm. you know jesus was incarnational he came to us we should be incarnational and go to people invest in their lives show them that you love them and earn the right to be heard Mm -hmm. um but it's like i think what i've noticed the past couple years is there's even more of a tension in the heart of i think even there are of course radical quote unquote people of faith that really aren't loving, which isn't yeah. isn't Jesus like and they just want to beat people over the head with their for sure. version of the truth. Neither one of us are like that for sure. That's not right. the issue we're dealing like, with. Like we want to love people, but there's also like this like we know that loving people is telling the truth. Yeah, that has and, to be part of it. Yeah. And so I what I feel is that recently there's more of a tension inside of me because like I could love somebody and just be kind to them, whatever they believe. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I think because of the way culture is at large of of promoting such false beliefs yeah. and saying that, that everything is okay, it almost feels like I, I feel a little guilty not somehow speaking the truth or somehow letting somebody know that I disagree with them just because things are so prevalent in society. But mm. in that setting, you know, like you in that setting or it's really maybe not the yeah, time to may- speak, to speak what you mm-hmm. think the truth is, but it almost, yeah, I don't, I, I wrestle with that because it's almost like, am I, am I feeding the lie that I think is a lie if I just go along with whatever mm-hmm. and not say anything versus saying something is, this is maybe not the right atmosphere to say something. Mm-hmm. So do you, does that, is that a clear? Yeah, it's super clear. It's, it's the most difficult question I think that many of us are dealing with is like, if, if we don't take the opportunity to sell someone the truth, then are we not loving them? The question then becomes like, well, um, so I'll use myself. So I'm overweight, although I'm losing weight, which is great. Come on. Um, being out of balance and having no self-discipline would be a sin, arguably. Like, you know, I mean, I think you could prove that from scripture every overweight person that we come in contact with, do we tell them the truth of that? Because like, how do, do we, we make sure that they know? Do we make sure that they're, yeah. That, hey, I don't yeah. approve of. Yeah. So now it's easy to do with like, so let's, so the Bible's clear on its stance on um, uh, being overweight, on uh, um, homosexuality, on greed, on different things like that. Hmm. There are visible sins that we could easily correct people on, um, but we can't, do someone, someone with a porn addiction and, and almost everybody you meet has one. So do we also then go, Hey, just want to make sure, you know, porn's wrong, right? Like yeah. just to be clear, just so you know how, just I, so you feel know how I feel. So that's one of the reasons why I typically don't take the stance of hall monitoring people's sins, um, mm. because you cannot do it for everyone. And it isn't our job. I believe, I believe our job is to represent Christ who can be with them 24 seven, 365. I'm oversimplifying it. I know you represent Christ, but that's why I've chosen that stance. Um, and, um, the best thing I can do for someone is instead of let them know 
the the this brutal identity switch that they've fallen for that they're wrapped up in that I disagree with that the best thing I could do for them is champion the person that can unravel that for them right because I will never untangle that right I can't so but what I can do is help them find the person that in the private and quiet moments can actually untangle their heart. Hmm. So that's why I choose to do it the way I do it. Um, the people that I find hate me the most for that are Christians, uh, because they feel like I don't tell the truth enough and that, um, um, you know, they have a real problem with that. But you, if they press you, you, I mean, is there a point when you are going to speak yeah, the truth? Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So I, in every circumstance, right. there hasn't been one that I'm aware of. So I, w I would say on, on YouTube, anywhere, if, if I'm with, um, so I'll use a sin that's not controversial. Um, if someone who is having sex outside of a marriage, if they say, hey, do you think what I'm doing is a sin? I'll be like, I, the Bible says that it is, and I agree with the Bible. Right. That's literally how I'll say it. And if I were doing it or my kids were doing it, I would agree regardless of my feelings. Right. So that's how I present it. And then usually what I'll say, and this is always the way I do it, it's always privately in real relationship. Now, it's a different mantle when you're a pastor right. and you're preaching. You have an, The public platform. Yeah, the public platform it. is different. So we're not talking about that. Or at least not, in this context, I'm not. You have a different responsibility and a different judgment Right. Uh, um, to speak the truth at a different level of, of the, what the Bible says. And there's a whole school of thought that regulation on that type of speech and what pastors will have to do, and I don't envy that choice, and they really do need to tell the truth, unfortunately. Right. And many of them might be imprisoned at some point for saying the truth, and and that, and that and you know that's, that's a thing that we have to face, and our brothers and sisters in other countries are facing it. So we're so fortunate we haven't faced it yet. But... Um, but in personal relationship, I will 100% always tell the truth because I am bound by love mm -hmm. to them and honor to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would recommend. The moment we give up on that line, we have agreed with the enemy. And here, here let me say one more thing. Um, that's the only thing we can't give on. We can, we can let them... Um, there's some scriptures, so thematic, like there's some scriptures. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to make yeah, sure yeah, that yeah. we get some scriptures yeah, yeah, in yeah, here yeah, because yeah, yeah. just to reiterate, this is the thematic podcast. So we're, the whole vision is to, you know, good theology should be automatic and yeah. rooted in the scripture. So here we've talked for 18 minutes about all of yeah, this. Yeah, without and, a scripture, yeah. Um, but, but I know that this conversation is rooted in scriptures. Yeah. So maybe we can just touch on, you know, like... When you're, when you're, t say just your example, going back to your example, when you're making your decision on, okay, you know, w was it based on, you know, my highest priority is to love, um, I'm, you know, grace and truth, like what, what are, yeah, what, yeah. what's the foundation upon which you're making your decision? Yeah. So my, the foundation on which I'm making my decision is from, literally I got it from young life. I'm like, yeah, that makes the most sense. My Holy Spirit rings with that. Uh, Jesus came first. 
He incarnated first. He lived among us for 30 years, and three years was his ministry telling the truth. But he lived in truth for 30 years. So I kind of did that model. I will live among people, be in their lives, earn a place to tell the truth. That's where I get my theology from. It's not a direct scripture. It's an inference from how Jesus himself did it. you know, and obviously yeah, there were yeah. moments where Jesus just like brought the rain, but he also gave his life for the same people he brought the rain. I remember Judah Smith, I was in a small pastor's conference and Judah and Chelsea were preaching and Judah Smith said, yeah, you can throw over some money changers tables if you're willing to go to the cross for him the next day kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, he was talking about youth pastors whooping on their leaders, you know, like kind of being hard on him. He's like, yeah because we all use that scripture like well he didn't put up with unrighteousness like yeah and he also went to the cross for them like are you at that level like how about we just give people more grace because they're serving the church and i was like i was like whoa that's right we often quote about jesus telling the truth and being hardcore it's like he his flesh was torn to ribbons for that person Hmm. he earned the place to do that and have i earned it so Let me give the scripture that I've struggled with forever. I'm interested to hear your spot. I still today struggle with this. It's in 1 Corinthians, it's chapter five. You know which one it is, right? (laughs) 1 Corinthians 5.11, ESV. ESV, I'm thematic, so I know exactly the passage. But now I'm writing to you not to associate, even associate with anyone who bears the name of of a brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality, Hmm. of greed, if he's an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard or swindler, not even eat with such a one. Hmm. How many sexually immoral people are there that I've had meals with? Like if I take that doctrine, literally I'm eating alone a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you process that? Yeah. Or, you know, how maybe we, even though we don't agree with, but in some ways we seem to be a little bit more okay with heterosexual sexual sin than, mm-hmm. you know, other sexual homosexual sin. And yeah, bro. I mean, that's the scripture that has always tormented me. And the, the whole, the whole passage is interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, and I, maybe we did an episode on this. We did about judgment and, mm-hmm. you know, Don't judge, don't judge, you know, but really that passage says that in the church, you should, you should judge, you should judge. We're supposed to judge each other, Um, but we shouldn't judge those outside the church. Mm -hmm. They have a different set of standards anyway, and so so I'm not going to communicate with that person the same way, but yeah, this is tough, dude, because Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't really practice this really Mm -hmm. in modern day. But did we talk about this passage last time? It, we avoided it, it. I mean, it literally says, I handed him over to the devil. That to have he, his way with him that he might be humbled. That mm-hmm. Yeah, that his soul might be saved in the end. Yeah. Yeah. We touched on it. We're a little bit over time, but the reason I bring it up is because there is a scripture and it's sort of counter to the way I've handled it. So let me tell you how I've processed this. So when I have someone in my sphere um, who I believe, well, first of all, I have to know about their sin. Like this says greed. I don't hundred percent know who's greedy. I actually know some wealthy people who are soup. I don't think are greedy. Right. So what's in their bank account isn't necessarily an indication of, of who's greedy. I know some poor people are greedy as heck. Oh yeah. Um, drunkards, you kind of know swindlers. So there's like some stuff in here. Um, sexual immoral. Again, there, I would uh, say that 
porn is an epidemic and that is a hundred percent sexual immorality right. and I may not know. So right. I've often that particular passage was talking about a dude sleeping with his, his father's father and wife, wife, his yeah. mother in law, and yeah. they're bragging about it. Yeah. They're just proud of it. Yeah. It's kind of another level, but um in the Greek there, if you break that word down, right? Have you done that word study on it? We don't have time. It's an interesting, it's an interesting word. Um, from my recollection, I'll have to bring it back up, but it is, it's like peculiar sexuality. Mm. It's like proclivity, mm. if I remember right. Mm. So, I mean, maybe Andy might have to cut that out if we, if, if I'm not right. But what I, <laughs> what I remember from it is it's not just like sex outside of wedlock. It's like peculiar proclivities. So I think you're right. I think it's like. No, Andy's going to leave it in because we're displaying, <laughs> yeah, we're displaying what it is to be theomatic. Yeah. We're talking through we're, and sometimes you're remembering something yeah, wrong. Yeah, I studied and, it like 11 years yeah. ago and I was like, oh yeah, so this is kind of the weird stuff. Uh, but anyway. You kind of need to know about it. And then what I took from this was like, hey, I shouldn't go in too deep with people that I know are really like saying they're Christians, but leave these things in their life. Those are people that I need to just not maybe like completely cut out of my life, stay in their orbit, but they aren't at a place of trust because back then the dinner table was a place of trust. Right. And so that's sort of how I process this. I can still love them. I certainly, cause I can love my enemies. The Bible says, so I can love them and love is patient, good, kind, gentle. I can still serve them. I can still tell them the truth, but they're not going to be in my home around my kids in a place of trust with me. So that's how I process this. Hmm. So when it says associate, we don't trade in goods. We're not in business together. That's how I process this. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I can be in their orbit because I can be in anyone's orbit because I am filled with Christ and right. I want to be around every sinner possible so that I might help lead them to the Lord. Um, but um, how much trust I give them of my life is where I kind of process this. They, mm -hmm. they, because that's what I think Paul's talking about in the context of the whole chapter. He's talking about the community getting torn apart by overt sin that's happening. Right. And he's basically like, don't let them keep doing this to you. You don't put up with this, like boot them. Basically don't keep letting them get all the benefits of the community. Also around this chapter, Paul talks about you don't work, you don't eat, you know, cause people right. are just taking from the group of this loving community, not contributing anything. So there's that too. Hmm. So anyway, so that's what I would do with dealing with difficult people personally is I would lead with love. I would not agree with sin if they pressure you um, to agree and be like, well, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be loving. Like, can't you just agree that this is like healthy or this is their identity and be like, you know, I don't, I don't, can't really speak to that. But what I can say is I know Jesus loves you no matter where you're at. That's a truth I know that I can agree with. Mm. And I have enough respect for you that I can call you your name. That's about as deep as I can go. Cause I know Jesus calls you by name to mm. do what Paul did in, in acts where he did the, two, uh, the, the shrine to the unknown uh, right. idol. You don't have to tear down their idols, but take every chance to tell them about Jesus within it. Cool. It's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one, yeah. dude. I hope we did okay with it. Yeah. Well, my final thoughts just would be, yeah, um, try and pr prayerfully walk with grace and truth. And mm -hmm. um, I like what you said about love and earning the right to be heard. And um there are, there are atmospheres 
and times for certain conversations and their mm-hmm. atmospheres and times that aren't appropriate for certain conversations. Yeah. So don't ever be a, a fearful of speaking the truth when, when the opportunity presents itself. Like don't use this idea of, oh, I'm just earning the right to be heard or being gracious as a sort of an excuse to get out of yeah. being honest. Yeah. At, at a, I mean, at some point we have to speak the truth, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, but it might not need to take place right around the Thanksgiving or Christmas yeah. dinner table. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, hmm. that's a tough question and it's, you know, maybe we don't have all the conclusions. But yeah, that's... well, in real life, we're still asking it ah, I'm how not, do we do I am it asking the question how do so. we do it yeah 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 and both of us have had real life situations recently where it's come up yeah so yeah. well thanks for joining yeah, us everybody you. if you want to connect more with us you can find us at thematicpodcast.com uh you can find more of what i'm doing at logicostministries.com and check it out you can find daniel and i all over social media um, if you have questions for next season we're taking those now at the thematicpodcast.com yeah. And we'd love to address um, really relevant questions that maybe more people are asking. So send those, submit those. We're going to be filming in January here in a couple weeks. Rock and roll. So thanks for joining us today. God bless you all. Yes. Peace.